0: chapter four of the recollections of rifleman harris edited by henry curling this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org it was on the twenty-first of august that we commenced fighting the battle of vimiero The French came down upon us in a column, and the riflemen immediately commenced a sharp fire upon them from whatever cover they could get a shelter behind, whilst our cannon played upon them from our rear. I saw regular lanes torn through their ranks as they advanced, which were immediately closed up again as they marched steadily on. Whenever we saw a round shot thus go through the mass, we raised a shout of delight one of our corporals named murphy was the first man in the rifles who was hit that morning and i remember more particularly remarking the circumstance from his apparently having a presentiment of his fate before the battle began he was usually an active fellow and up to this time had shown himself a good and brave soldier but on this morning he seemed unequal to his duty general fane and major travers were standing together on an early part of this day the general had a spy-glass in his hand and for some time looked anxiously at the enemy suddenly he gave the word to fall in and immediately all was bustle amongst us the honourable captain Packenham spoke very sharply to murphy who appeared quite dejected and out of spirits i observed he had a presentiment of death which is by no means an uncommon circumstance and i have observed it once or twice since this battle others beside myself noticed murphy on this morning and as we had reason to know he was not ordinarily deficient in courage the circumstance was talked of after the battle was over he was the first man shot that day early on the morning of the battle i remember being relieved from picket and throwing myself down again after a few hours repose before the expected engagement so wearied was i with watching that i was hardly prostrate before i was in a sound sleep a sleep which those only who have toiled in the field can know I was not, however, destined to enjoy a very long repose before one of our sergeants, poking me with the muzzle of his rifle, desired me to get up, as many of the men wanted their shoes repaired immediately. This was by no means an uncommon occurrence, and I would fain have declined the job, but as several of the riflemen who had followed the sergeant soon afterwards came round me and threw their shoes and boots at my head, I was fain to scramble on my legs and make up my mind to go to work. On looking around in order to observe if there was any hut or shed in which i could more conveniently exercise my craft i espied a house near at hand on the rise of a small hill so i gathered up several pairs of the dilapidated boots and shoes and immediately made for it seating myself down in a small room as soon as i entered i took the tools from my haversack and prepared to work and as the boots of the captain of my company were amongst the bad lot and he was barefooted for want of them i commenced with them hardly had i worked a quarter of an hour when a cannonball the first announcement of the coming battle came crashing through the walls of the house just above my head and completely covered the captain's boot as it lay between my knees with dust and fragments of the building there were only two persons in the room at the time an old and a young woman and they were so dreadfully scared at this sudden visitation that they ran about the room making the house echo with their shrieks till at length they rushed out into the open air, leaving me alone with the boots round me on the floor. For my own part, although I was more used to such sounds, I thought it was no time and place to mend boots and shoes in. So, being thus left alone in my glory, I shook the dust from my apron, gathered up the whole stock in trade from the floor, and hastily replacing my tools in my haversack, followed the example of the mistress of the mansion and her daughter, and bolted out of the house when i got into the open air i found all in a state of bustle and activity the men falling in and the officers busily engaged whilst twenty or thirty mouths opened at me the moment i appeared calling out for their boots and shoes where's my boots harris you humbug cried one give me my shoes you old sitter said another the captain's boots here harris instantly cried the sergeant make haste and fall into the ranks as fast as you can there was indeed no time for ceremony so letting go the corners of my apron i threw down the whole lot of boots and shoes for the men to choose for themselves the captains being amongst the lot with the wax-ends hanging to them as i had left them when the cannon-ball so unceremoniously put a stop to my work and quickly shouldering my piece, i fell into the ranks as i was ordered just before the battle commenced in earnest and whilst the officers were busily engaged with their companies shouting the word of command and arranging matters of moment captain leech ordered a section of our men to move off at double quick and take possession of a windmill which was on our left i was amongst this section and set a full cry towards the mill when captain leech espied and roared out to me by name to return hallo there you harris he called fall out of that section directly we want you here my man i therefore wheeled out of the rank and returned to him you've fallen amongst the men here harris he said i shall not send you to that post the cannon will play upon the mill in a few moments like hail and what shall we do he continued laughing without our head shoemaker to repair our shoes it is long since these transactions took place but i remember the words of the captain as if they had been uttered but yesterday for that which was spoken in former years in the field has made a singular impression on my mind as i looked about me while standing in rank, and just before the commencements of the battle i thought it the most imposing sight the world could produce our lines glittered with bright arms the stern features of the men as they stood with their eyes fixed unalterably upon the enemy the proud colours of england floating over the heads of the different battalions and the dark cannon on the rising ground and all in readiness to commence the awful work of death with a noise that would deafen the whole multitude altogether the sight had a singular and terrible effect upon the feelings of a youth who a few months before had been a solitary shepherd upon the downs of dorsetshire and had never contemplated any other sort of life than the peaceful occupation of watching the innocent sheep as they fed upon the grassy turf the first cannon shot i saw fired i remember was amiss the artilleryman made a sad bungle and the ball went wide of the mark we were all looking anxiously to see the effect of this shot and another of the gunners a red-haired man rushed at the fellow who had fired and in the excitement of the moment knocked him head over heels with his fist damn you for a fool he said what sort of a shot do you call that let me take the gun he accordingly fired the next shot himself as soon as the gun was loaded and so truly did he point it at the french column on the hillside that we saw the fatal effect of the destructive missile by the lane it made and the confusion it caused our riflemen who at the moment were amongst the guns upon seeing this set up a tremendous shout of delight and the battle commencing immediately we were all soon hard at work i myself was very soon so hotly engaged loading and firing away enveloped in the smoke i created and the cloud which hung about me from the continued fire of my comrades that i could see nothing for a few moments but the red flash of my own piece amongst the white vapor clinging to my very clothes this has often seemed to me the greatest drawback upon our present system of fighting for whilst in such state on a calm day until some friendly breeze of wind clears the space around a soldier knows no more of his position and what is about to happen in this front or what has happened even amongst his own companions than the very dead lying around the rifles as usual were pretty busy in this battle the french in great numbers came steadily down upon us and we pelted away upon them like a shower of leaden hail under any cover we could find we lay firing one moment jumping up and running for it the next and when we could see before us we observed the cannonballs making a lane through the enemy's columns as they advanced huzzahing and shouting like madmen such is my remembrance of the commencement of the battle of vimiero the battle began on a fine bright day and the sun played on the arms of the enemy's battalions as they came on as if they had been tipped with gold the battle soon became general and the smoke thickened around and often i was obliged to stop firing and dash it aside from my face and try in vain to get a sight of what was going on whilst groans and shouts and a noise of cannon and musketry appeared almost to shake the very ground it seemed hell upon earth i thought a man named john lowe stood before me at this moment and he turned round during a pause in our exertions and addressed me arish you umbug he said you have got plenty of money about you i know for you are always staying about and picking up what you can find on the field but i think this will be your last field day old boy a good many of us will catch it i suspect today you are right lowe i said i have got nine guineas in my pack and if i am shot today and you yourself escape it's quite at your service in the meantime however if you see any symptoms of my wishing to flinch in this business i hope you will shoot me with your own hand low as well as myself survived this battle and after it was over whilst we sat down with our comrades and rested amongst other matters talked over low told them of a conversation during the heat of the day and the money i had collected and the rifles from that time had a great respect for me it is indeed singular how a man loses or gains caste with his comrades from his behaviour and how closely he is observed in the field the officers too are commented upon and closely observed the men are very proud of those who are brave in the field and kind and considerate to the soldiers under them an act of kindness done by an officer has often during the battle been the cause of his life being saved nay whatever folks may say upon the matter i know from experience that in our army the men like best to be officered by gentlemen men whose education has rendered them more kind in manners than your course officer sprung from obscure origin and whose style is brutal and overbearing my observation has often led me to remark amongst men that those whose birth and station might reasonably have made them fastidious under hardship and toil have generally borne their miseries without a murmur whilst those whose previous life one would have thought might have better prepared them for the toils of war have been the first to cry out and complain of their hard fate and here let me bear testimony to the courage and endurance of that army under trials and hardships such as few armies in any age i should think endured i have seen officers and men hobbling forward with tears in their eyes from the misery of long miles empty stomachs and ragged backs without even shoes or stockings on their bleeding feet and it was not a little that would bring a tear into the eyes of a rifleman of the peninsula youths who had not long been removed from their parents home and care officers and men have borne hardships and privations such as in our own more peaceful days we have little conception of and yet these men faint and weary with toil would brighten up in a moment when the word ran amongst us that the enemy were at hand i remember on the march from salamanca seeing many men fail our marches were long and the weekly ones were found out it was then pretty much every one for himself those whose strength began to fail looked neither to the right nor the left but with glassy eyes they kept onward staggering on as well as they could when once down it was sometimes not easy to get up again and few were inclined to help their comrades when their own strength was but small on this march i myself strong as i was felt completely done up and fell in the streets of a town called i think Zamora, where I laid like one dead for some time. End of chapter 4